I'm in conversation with Professor Clementine Fujimura. Dr. Fujimura is a cultural anthropologist at the Naval Academy. Professor, we're in a very touchy time right now. Healthcare, culture, and many other things around the world. You've got a story that's perfect for the do-over. Do you mind sharing it with us? Sure, and thank you for having me again. Um, it started with me feeling privileged and honored to take the position of chair in my department. And I had seen a lot of things go wrong. And I knew some people in my, you know, members of the faculty were not exactly happy. Many were retiring. And I had this opportunity to help these people have, especially the retirees, and one in particular, have a really great last year. Um, this professor had um, outdone herself, had contributed throughout the years in all different positions, and had oftentimes voiced her fatigue and even dismay at some of the positions she had been in and unable to accomplish what she wanted to. She was stressed and she was ready to retire. So, Professor, what exactly is a department chair? So, in every um, college and university, you have departments. Um, in which we have assistant professors, associate professors, and full professors. And when you reach the level of full professor, it is really your time to serve. You now at the Naval Academy, certainly you have tenure, and the biggest service you can do is lead the department for a few years. So the chair is the manager of the department, the person who goes between the faculty members and the deans, the person who tries to bring a sense of community and um, working together for the department. So that's the role of the chair. It's, a, it's an administrative role, which many faculty members are unprepared for because they have been prepared to teach their academic disciplines. So this is often a challenge for professors. So from a leadership standpoint, you would have been uh, studying for the last uh, decades, frankly, uh, learning not only your specialty, your, your academic uh, emphasis, but also learning how to teach, how to, how to be a, a, a teacher. So you not only do you know your subject matter, you also know how to present that subject matter to the students you're working with. The question, though, is so when do you guys, you kind of said it earlier, but when do you guys get all this leadership training so you can step into these, these shoes? We don't. <laughs> Oftentimes we do not get the training. I think we're getting better at it. We have some workshops that were offered that are offered to us sometimes, but at the time that I became chair, there was really no preparation other than watching chairs before me do what they do. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, so set the stage again. So, you're taking over as the department chair and you have a colleague that you're talking to. Correct. And uh, she is, as I said, stressed out and ready to leave. <laughs> and I really wanted to make this last year the best for her. I felt she had outdone herself. And so I thought about her roles at the time. And there she was, leader of committee A and B and C, some committees that were extremely controversial. I felt, and or just needed a lot of time and energy and so I thought I'd relieve her of those of those duties and give her some time to truly do what she can what she was trained to do, which is to teach and to do her research in her last year and to write. So I I was 
thinking this was the best I could do for her. And so I did that. And the year went by and she did her teaching and she did her research. And on the final day when we all said goodbye, after we said goodbye, she came into my office, closed the door, sat down and said to me, this has been the worst year that I have had at the Naval Academy, thanks to you, or no thanks to you. And I looked at her stunned, like deer in the headlights, because here I thought I had done everything to make it possible for her to achieve the things that a faculty member would want to achieve and to have. And she said to me, you took away all my leadership positions. I was unable in my last year to have any impact on the future of this department and on the academy because of you. And I resent you for that and I always will. And with that, she left the room. Wow, that's, that's powerful. You were trying to help her. You were trying to do the things that you thought would be beneficial to her. Correct, correct, I did. And it really boils down to, again, as my, and, and here I am an anthropologist. I study anthropology. I study cultures, co-cultures. And I always think of cultures and co-cultures as those people that I am not. And yet here was a faculty member with whom I felt great affinity and thought that I understood her position. And yet I forgot that we do not just talk about co-cultures or subcultures as differences in race or gender or ethnicity, but age as well. And she was in a time of her life called retiring time. And this was, it's a liminal phase. She was not retired yet. She was retiring. She was in a state of becoming. And so that is a period that I have never been through. So to me, this is my perhaps, you know, uninformed bias that I did not even think to put myself into her shoes. It was really a lack of my perspective taking and being culturally adaptable, which is the thing that I strive to teach and to be at all times in my life. Tell me this, what about her? I wanna talk about the do-over in a second. If you had to do it again, what you would do, but how did you know that she was different? What did she look like? Did she walk a certain way? Did she sound a certain way? I mean, what 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 uniquely identified her as that other? So, and and that other that's the problem because she was not much of an other. She was female. I am female. She was a full professor. I'm a full professor. Um, you know, she did have some. Um, she had you know some surgeries maybe, but other than that. You know, she was perhaps not running down the hallway as some younger professors, uh, but there really wasn't that much to differentiate us. She's a strong woman. She had, you know, her in intellect was, I'd say, better than mine. And she's just super intelligent and a wonderful person. She's walked a little bit more slowly, but I did not see her as very different from myself. I saw her as someone who was ready to leave and who had done her time. But yes, you're right. We need to look out for. The fact that just because we think we're similar, everybody comes with a different personal story and we're all at different places in our life, coming with the backgrounds that we come with and the futures that are ahead of us. Retiring people or people who are retired, it's a different time of life, one that I will one day become, which 
I wasn't yet there. So I couldn't see that perspective. She wasn't wearing her age on her sleeve. It really was you. It was the way you saw her, right? Exactly. I assumed, and I did not give her the opportunity to present herself. I decided I had this power, and I had been watching for years how people I thought needed some more opportunities to be the academics, because that's what we talk about. We say we don't have enough time to really teach and put everything into our teaching because we have these committees, or we can't really write and do our research because we have these committees. And here I was saying, okay, I will give you the opportunity to be that scholar that you'd like to be. But I was assuming a bit much. This was her last year at the Naval Academy. It is an important time. Again, this idea of liminality, I'm not sure people are aware of what that means. It's when you are neither, you're becoming, you're in the process of becoming something else. We're always in a stage of liminality. And we need to recognize those times as very important times and possibly cultural moments. Um, an age is a cultural moment. Whether you're a teenager, whether you are a professional, a young professional, or whether you're retiring. These are also cultures. And it's one of these things that, uh, I mean, especially with age, age is a culture that if we're all lucky, we will at some time be there. And perhaps that's the reason we take it for granted. We think we see otherness in race. We see otherness in gender. We see otherness when we go abroad and meet new people. But because we are on a trajectory to hopefully becoming a senior citizen one day, we see that as sort of, well, that's just one of us, but it's not because it's a different time of life. And oh, by the way, an extremely exciting time of life because retirees today truly start a new phase in their life where some become more productive simply because they can, because they have some, and hope not everyone, unfortunately, might have the financial foundation now to just be and themselves and do what they want to do. Yet, we, sort, we don't understand the process of leaving or retiring as a true, important, significant stage in life. One that, you know, we have sweet 16, or we used to anyway. We celebrate the driver's license, the turning 21 to be able to vote. We don't really celebrate there's not a day that we then celebrate the retiree, except for maybe a quick celebration as they leave the, through the doors. Um, but it's it's an exciting time of life, one that I'm only now getting to understand as I go closer, become closer to that age. So, um, yeah, but it's, it is something that we need to recognize. All right. So this show is called The Do-Over, Professor. What would you do over and how would that be? When I go abroad and I meet people and try to understand their perspective, I do not come with presumptions. I mean, I do, but I try not to let those dictate how I interact with people or my expectations. Instead, I try to be a blank slate and offer people the opportunity to tell me about themselves. In the same way as a leader, when I entered the role as chair, if I had to do it over, I would ask each individual in my department how they saw the next year or years for themselves, rather than assume that I know what that should look like. Um, I would probably have invited her, specifically people I was thinking of doing something for, <laughs> into my office and said, so what is your perspective? What do you see as your last year here at the Naval Academy? Rather than telling her what I think I saw. And I didn't even tell her, I just did. So opening communication, building trust, 
transparency, the open door policy. But that doesn't mean that you need to have wait for people to come to you. It means that you go to them and you look them in the eye and you say, hey, what is what can I do for you as a leader? And I think that would have changed a lot. Does this have any relevance to the young naval officers that we have that will graduate soon? They're going to be JOs. They're going to be out in the fleet. They'll have people reporting to them at all stages of life, at all stages of their career. They'll have chief petty officers who are retiring. They'll have young sailors who are getting out of the service. Is this the same thing? Is this the same sensitivity that uh, uh, they need to have? I really think so. I mean, they're very young and they're coming to be young officers and leading all different generations, not just different um, ethnicities, people who are either enlisted or not enlisted. They will have people working for them that are so complex and come with so many different life experiences and so many moments in their life. The awareness of that and the openness to even being, you might not even be aware of all the differences, but being open to the fact that people come with different expectations than they do. Not to ever assume that I have a Naval Academy education, I have been prepared as a leader, I know what's best. You don't. You never know what's best. What's most important is to be open to communication. Clementine, this is a fantastic conversation. I really appreciate that, especially uh, from the perch I'm at right now, because I'm one of those folks who, uh, well, in a couple of years may be having that conversation as I uh, as I exit the stage, at least this part of the stage. Though I was going to say, I don't think you're stopping soon, or you're going to you keep going, and that's great. That's exactly what I want to do too. Great. Well, listen. Thanks for the conversation. Thanks for the do over, and uh, we'll talk some more. Thank you so much for having me.